Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. title of the series has been The Great Return, but the title of today's message under the overarching series is Return to the Cross. The Great Return to the Cross. You cannot return to God without an understanding of the cross. You cannot return to God and be humble and broken and repentant without knowing where your salvation lies. You cannot get to God without going through Jesus and the cross. Is everybody with me? Now, before you tune me out, I know some of you in here are like, I know about the cross. Yeah, but you know what? I'm pr- I've been in this for years. I was saved at eight. I've been serving God now well over what? Wow, almost 35 years. And I need a revelation of the cross. I want to know more. I want to know more, but deep within, I want to see what God has for me concerning the cross. Because there's so much there. There is so much there. So let God speak to you today. I believe this is going to be a unique Sunday. We're going to work with our, our wonderful guest worship band today, even for our altar call and different things. And you got to experience worship. And Pastor Jen talked about returning to the, she, she was really talking about the cross. And she mentioned it several times. It's all at the cross. You say, man, but I know about the cross, but listen closely today. Listen closely, take notes, get out your Bibles, pay attention to the verses up here. We're going to ask God right now, in Jesus' name, let's agree that God speak to us about the cross of Jesus. Go ahead, raise your hand, close your eyes. Father, I thank you today, Lord. Speak to us about the cross. Remove blinders in this house, in Jesus' name, that everything we need to hear and know and understand and live and experience and have a revelation of would be given to us concerning the cross today. Beginning today, God, let it all start here, right now. We thank you, God. Anoint my lips to speak that I would only speak what you would have me to speak, Lord God. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you know it's very difficult to walk in pride and hardness of heart when you say, man, I had to go to the cross too, or I got to go back to the cross? Because the more you understand the cross, the more you say, man, I need God. I need what he has for me. I need the promises because everything through Jesus, Scripture says, is yes and amen. I need to be part of the new covenant. What is the new covenant? It's the New Testament. A co- and this is very, what's very unique about Jesus and his cross. Many people leave a will when they die, right? Well, Jesus came, established his will, and left it. And then he came back to make sure it was being enforced. And then he went to sit at the right hand of the Father. Nobody's ever done that before. It's like someone in your family, it would have been like my mom passing away, leaving us a will and stuff, leaving dad stuff and leaving us things and then coming back and going, here's what you got to do now. Here's how you got to live it out. I'm going back to heaven to be with the Lord, but here's how you got to live it out. That's unheard of, isn't it? But Jesus did that. He is the one that left his last will and testament, came back to make sure it was being implemented and then said, I've got to go now. It's on y'all now, but I have all authority. I've been given all authority uh, in heaven and on earth, and now I have the keys to the kingdom, and I'm giving you authority now. Use my name, and I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to take my place, who is also God. He is my spirit, and he's going to come. Make sure that you remember my words and remember this. I believe the Holy Spirit reminds us of the cross because he reminds us of the life and the words and the things that Jesus did for us. You say, man, I want to be humble before God. I'm struggling with pride. How do I have fresh brokenness and repentance? we got to go back to the cross. See, everybody has to go through the cross. You cannot get to heaven 
without the cross. So it's so much more than just an ornament we wear, a symbol. That's powerful. It's a symbol of sacrifice. It's a symbol of what Jesus did. It's a symbol of fortitude. It's a symbol of the everlasting God doing something amazing to bring us back to himself. But man, it's also a symbol of brokenness and humility and repentance and us saying, man, I need God. So I'm going to remind us today, this is the season of Easter. We're about a month away from Easter, four or five weeks away. So I'm going to remind us today about the power, the significance, and what Jesus did for us at the cross, okay? We're going to talk a lot about the divine exchange. But first of all, and you just bear with me if I cry here and there, you can cry with me. Because this is important, man, what God did for us. Let's go to Isaiah 53. My wife and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago, and God had already been speaking to my heart, and God had been speaking to our heart, and Isaiah 53 came up, and I said, man, such a powerful message was written by Isaiah the prophet 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And I find it fascinating that the scroll that they found, the Dead Sea Scrolls, at the area of Qumran in Israel, which is about 2,000 years ago, they found a scroll with Isaiah written on it right, right after the death and resurrection of Jesus, around that time. And one of the most preserved, the best preserved chapters on the scroll was, guess what, Isaiah 53. Fascinating. And they said it was accurate with what they'd held to for all these years. It was accurate. It was excellent. It was perfect. And what's powerful about some of the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know what they found? I don't know about Isaiah 53. But they found that whoever had read them or written them had been crying over them. They could find drops of tears on those scrolls. Just like you crying over your Bible. Man, I feel like the Lord is already messing with me. I pray that he messes with you today and just does something powerful with you. So Isaiah 53, verse 1. They're going to follow along in New Living Translation. Who has believed? Let's start with verse 1 if we can. I'll just read it. If you can't get it, that's okay. You can leave verse 2 up there. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? Look at verse 2. My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. He was just a carpenter, wasn't he? He was a commoner. Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. Don't you forget what Jesus went through for you and me. Don't you forget. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. Don't you ever do that. He was despised and we did not care. Isaiah's prophesying this 700 years before the birth of Jesus. Verse 4, yet it was our weaknesses. This is one translation here. It was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. Have you been sad about something? You've been heartbroken about something? Jesus carried it. Jesus carried it. He knew your name. He still knows your name. But before you were born, he knew your name, and he carried your sorrows. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. Can you imagine? The Pharisees looked at him, and the people around him looked at him, and they, they laughed when he was being crucified, and they thought he's being punished. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. Verse 5, but he was pierced for our rebellion crushed for our sins he was beaten so we could be whole he was whipped so we could be healed make you make you really think twice about sinning doesn't it say man he carried my sin he carried my sin verse 6 all of us like sheep have strayed away we have left God's paths to follow our own yet the Lord laid on him wow it says it again 
the what? The sins of us all. The Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Verse 7, he was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never... This is very, very, very important. Please, this is very important. Yet he never... What? He did not open his mouth. Wow. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Verse 8, unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. My rebellion too, huh? Your rebellion too. My sin, your sin. My weaknesses, your weaknesses. My sorrows, your sorrows. Wow, verse 9, he had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. Remember this. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees <clears throat> excuse me, all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear, once again, all their sins. Somebody say, all my sins. Somebody say, he carried all my sins. Yeah, he, that's right. He was crushed for our sins, and he, he carried all of them on the cross. Verse 12, I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins, it says it again, of many and interceded for rebels and sinners. Wow. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? As you return to the cross today, I want you to remember these four things that I'm going to share with you. There's just going to be four. It's going to be very simple and easy. My, my goal today is to get your heart ready for the altar call. My goal today is to get your heart ready for God to speak to you. My goal today is for God to soften your heart so he can remind you of the cross. If you've struggled with pride or you need to repent of something or, or you need to just remember, man, he died for my sins. I'm free. Or to remember that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Or to remember I'm good because of what God has done. Or to remember I'm worth it because God says I'm worth it. Or to remember I am healed because Jesus was nailed to that tree. Or to remember God has overcome curses in me because he was a curse for me. Number one today, here's what you need, need to remember, and many call this the divine exchange. He was punished so we could be forgiven. He was punished so we could be forgiven. Let's look at Isaiah 53, verse 5 real quick. Isaiah 53, verse 5 and 6. We'll go back to that reference. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Verse 6. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. And what's the rest of that verse? Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. So that's going to tie into my second point here in a moment. But Jesus was punished so we could be forgiven. He actually took pain and punishment that didn't belong to him. Who ever heard of such a thing? Who ever heard of such a thing? I'm reminded of a story where were the killing fields? Was that in Cambodia? There was a time, and the guy's name was Pol Pot. He was killing the educated people. He was killing believers. He was just wiping out people in Cambodia. And soldiers had come, and I love this story. Soldiers had come, 
and they, they'd already killed people, and they, they would just shoot them like the Nazis, Nazi style, and they'd shoot them on the edge of a pit, and they'd fall into the hole. That way they could just have all these bodies in there and bury them. And before a woman was shot, she cried out, and she said, I call on the God. I call on the God who was executed. I don't know how she'd heard about that. I don't know if it was a missionary. She basically said, I'm about to get executed, and I don't deserve it, but there's a God who didn't deserve it, and he died. He was executed. I don't know who told her about it. I don't know how she knew, but she said, oh, I call on the God who was executed. My understanding of the story is, is that the man could not even kill them. He couldn't kill her, and he couldn't kill them. I don't know what happened with the rest of her life, but that's a powerful statement. Can you imagine calling on the God who was executed? Who, who would even imagine such a thing? People worship all kinds of things. They worship their phones. They worship television, their bodies, or the opposite sex. Man, do you think someone wants to die for your sins? Dad used to use this illustration growing up. He said, man, I've got kids. He said, he said, I wouldn't even want to give up my kids for somebody who's decent and righteous for their sins. But the Son of God came and died for our sins so that we could make it to heaven. And so much more than that, he was punished so we could be forgiven. You could live a victorious life here on earth. We deserved it. I deserved it. I'm reminded of the fact, not him. Boy, that will keep you humble, won't it? Say, I deserved it. I deserved it, not him. He was punished so we could be forgiven. Point two today. Number two says today, he took our sins so we could receive his righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. Righteousness is right standing with God. Scripture says apart from God, all of our righteousness on our own is like filthy rags. All of our goodness, our trying to get right with God on our own. And you guys, have maybe some of you have tried that before, and I have too. It's like, I'm just going to be good. I'm just going to act good. And that's not really the point, is it? Because when you love God and you've accepted his righteousness as a free gift, like salvation, you say, I'm right with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. I can be right with him, and I love him so much that I'm going to live like I'm right with him. I'm going to walk around like I'm right with God, humbly. But I'm going to know who I am in God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Check this out. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right, what? With God through Christ. Can we read that whole verse again? Everybody, check this out. I want you to read this with me on the count of three. Everybody in the house. One, two, three. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right, what? With God through Christ. Wow. That is so simple. But God, give us a revelation of that today. Give us a revelation of that today. I, Pastor Jim was talking about the cross there, and we were worshiping God, and even during worship I was thinking, Lord, I need to learn so much more about the cross, but not just by study, not just by pouring over it. Yes, I want to do that. I want to understand what Jesus did even more, but God, drop it in my heart. Drop it in my spirit about what you did for me. I want to have more of a revelation so I can become an even better man of God, an even better husband, an even better believer with God through Christ. He made us right with himself because of what Jesus did. Wow. Once again, what is righteousness? 
It is being right with God. Being right with God. There is nothing you can do on your own that can make you right with God. That will always remind us to stay humble and be broken and walk in repentance. Is apart from Jesus, I can't do it. Apart from God, I won't be able to do it. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. He wasn't kidding. He took our sin so we could receive his precious and perfect righteousness. I'm stuck here for a minute. Make sure that you understand by the blood of Jesus, once you believe, once you believe, once you believe, you are right with God. Not because of all these righteous things you've done. No, someone who has accepted Jesus is just as right with God as I am or as Pastor is or as as Jen is or as Barry is, people that have been in God for a while. Pastor, you got, you got saved at eight as well, didn't you? You got saved at eight. You're about to be 71. Wow. Been saved 63 years, but the moment you accept Jesus, you are just as right with God as Pastor Fabian is. Thank you, Lord, for that. You are just as right with God as Pastor Fabian is. And there are folks in here, I know, I can't read your mind, but I... I'm going to tell you right now by the Spirit of God, there are folks in here going, but Pastor Matt, you don't know I've messed up even lately after accepting God or I'm accepting Jesus and his sacrifice. And I believe in all this, but I'm struggling with sin. Or I, Once we get a revelation of righteousness, we don't have to struggle with sin. Once we understand what he did on that cross to make us right with himself, we don't have to struggle with sin. And for sure, you do not have to struggle with condemnation saying, oh, I'm no good. I'm no good. I keep messing up. I'm no good. I'm just a mess. No. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you have equal standing in heaven as Jesus does. Are you with me? All right. Number three today. Jesus was made a curse so we could receive the blessing. Wow. He was made a curse. Let's go to Galatians 3.13. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, look at this, he took upon himself the curse for our our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, look at this, cursed, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. That's from the law. Someone is hung on a tree to die, they are cursed. It's crazy, too, the shame that he took for us. I'm going to just throw that in there. That's not, one of my, that's not one of my points this morning. But can you imagine? Some have said that he was crucified in his underclothing. Some have said he was crucified in less. It was a shameful thing, and it was a criminal's death. Can you imagine the Son of God, God in the flesh, being beaten and punished, and his beard was pulled out, he was punched in the face? He was beyond recognition, Scripture says. He was beyond recognition. I believe that if his his mom didn't know that was him getting punished, and if she hadn't followed along that day, she wouldn't have recognized him either. He looked like a different person. His face was scarred and, and torn up beyond recognition, and his body. He was dehydrated. He was torn to ribbons for you and me, and he bore all this shame and died a criminal's death. We were all hell bound. We were all hellbound. We were on our way to hell had Jesus not come. Had Jesus not intervened, had God not intervened, man, we would have had to have been shamed and hellbound and living under a curse. What is the curse, anybody? 
curses sickness, death, and poverty. Separation from God, that's a curse because we were created to serve God. He was cursed so that we could receive the blessing. What an exchange. Why? Why did it matter? We were his prized creation. Why did you matter so much? Because God has a purpose for you. But my sin, yeah, but it was forgiven that day. You just got to receive it and live like it. Just got to receive it and live like it. Let's look at Galatians 3.13 again. I want to read that again. Galatians 3.13. He took upon it. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. You do not have to live under the curse anymore. You can have a blessed life, a blessed marriage, blessed friendship. Your finances can be blessed. Your body can be blessed. You can be mentally blessed and clear-headed. Is the cross just for heaven? No, that is so important because that's going to be forever. God's use and purpose and design and plan for us right now is to do well now, to be blessed now, to make the world jealous. I want the world to go, wow, they're doing good. And beyond cars and houses and, and physical uh, financial blessing, but I want the world to look at us and go, man, they're at peace. They're fun to be around. There's something about them. I feel like God is in them and around them. I've had people ask me before, what is it? What's different about you? Did you know I've even had people ask me this? And I've never, I drank wine at a communion service one time accidentally, spit it out and said, mom, it's, it's rotten. Never been a drinker or a drug user. But I've had people ask me a few times in my life, are you on something? You are having way too much fun. I'm like, man, you know what? God is with me, lives in me, and I'm headed to heaven. I have so much to be excited about. He was made a curse for me so I could receive the blessing. Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Your Jesus, your God, the one that you serve and believe in and love so much, he was hung on a tree so that you could receive blessing. And in place of shame, you could receive benefit and his glory. In place of shame, you would be able to walk out his glory. Now, number four today, he died so we could share his life. Somebody say that with me. Say, he died so I could share his life. Let's go to John eleven twenty five. I love this verse. I love this text. Jesus is speaking, speaking here. He's at Mary and Martha's house. Jesus told her, I am the, her, her brother Lazarus had just died. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die eternally. Wow. Do you believe this, Martha? He asked her. Let's go to John 10, 10. The thief's pur purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Other translations say to give life and to give it in abundance. Or to give, it, give life and to give it abundantly. All kinds of life. Not just this. This translation is okay. But not just a rich and satisfying life. There's so much more to life than just a rich and satisfying life. It's life here. It's life tomorrow. And it's life eternally. Life in heaven. Hell is death. And living apart from God in this life is death. People are so worried about dying sometimes. Oh man, the worst death is to be separated from God. You die, 
in faith and as a believer and as a person of God, a man or woman of God, you're going to go to heaven. And he died so we could share his life, his abundant life. What is the life of Jesus? What is the life of God? I mentioned some of it already. Not walking in the curse. Being right with God. Being blessed. Yes, having God hear you and answer your prayers because of the name of Jesus and because of what he did. See, God sees Jesus and his blood now instead of our old sinful ways. He sees us through the filter of the blood now. He sees us through the filter of Jesus now. He died so we could share his life. Would you go ahead and come on up? Eric, go ahead and come on up. Let's go ahead. Go ahead and get ready. You can start playing a soft song up there if you'd like. If you would, please. I want you to really focus on what I'm saying this morning. This is all part of God's plan for your life. The cross itself, remember this, the cross itself is the foundation of everything. Your faith in Jesus is the foundation of your life, but the cross is the foundation of what he did for us, the divine exchange. It's everything. Somebody say the cross is everything. Yeah. What Jesus did, him dying on the cross, is everything. Everything. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. We're going to have some soft music playing here in a moment. I want you to really focus on this today, and I want to take some time as we do this. And I want you to remember, you say, man, I'm struggling in some areas. Go back to the cross. Pastor, I'm really having a hard time in my mind. Go back to the cross. I'm having some doubts maybe. Go back to the cross and what Jesus did. I'm really worn out. I'm exhausted. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. You're burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. He also says, I will give you peace, the peace that the world cannot give. The peace that the world cannot give. Are you weary today? Are you worn out? Are you tired? Are you doubting? Are you struggling? Are you, are you battling with sin? Man, I don't know. That's between you and God, but God wants to speak to you today. Is there anybody in this house, let's just make sure, is there anybody in this house today that says, you know what, Pastor Matt, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord and Savior of my life. I don't know where I'm headed if I died today. I don't know where I'd go. Is there anybody in this house that says, I need to accept Jesus and make him my Savior, my King, my Lord? Would you raise your hand today? I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I don't want to miss out on this opportunity. Anybody? All right, let's move to the next thing now. I want you to think, and I want you to hear me well today. This is the foundation of our faith. That is the cross and what Jesus did there. You want to humble yourself before God today and you want a revelation of the cross and you really want God to speak to you about his cross and what he did, I want you to join me at this altar again today, if you would, please. Go ahead. Come on. Let's humble ourselves at this altar. Come on. As the soft music plays, they can sing whatever they want. God is going to speak to you today. God is going to speak to you today. He's just getting started with you. Oh, God, speak to your people. God is speaking to you today. God is doing things in your heart today that you didn't even know needed to be done. Give up unforgiveness today. 
Forgive yourself and forgive others and stop blaming God. Give up unforgiveness today completely. Never return to it ever, ever again. And humble yourself before the King of Kings and the God of the universe and what he did on that cross. God, give us a revelation of your cross and the blood that was shed, Lord, and why you did it and how it changes our lives and how it blows us away and affects us, makes us right with you, God. Just as you're... As you're kneeling there at the cross, I want you to take whatever it is. If it's unforgiveness, if it's sin, if it's sickness, if it's that you struggle with condemnation and you can't get a revelation of righteousness, whatever it may be, I want you right where you are. Really just focus, close your eyes, and see Jesus on the cross. I want you to see his face, see the crown of thorns on his head, See his hands that were pierced, his feet that were pierced. See his bloody, disfigured body on that cross. Just take whatever it is. Kneel down at that cross and look Jesus in the eyes. And have a moment where Jesus ministers his cross to your heart. Where you encounter his love as they sing that song. As you encounter that love, everything changes. Everything changes. I promise you, when you encounter that cross and when he ministers that love to you, you will never, ever be the same. Thank you, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Touch us afresh, God. Let it be like the first time, but even better, God. Touch our hearts like you did the first time when we accepted Jesus, God. Thank you, Father. Bless your name, Lord God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. marvelous and mighty in this life. Yvonne has always had a love for you, God. She's healed now and whole. You're working miracles, God. She is forgiven. She's healed. She's whole. She's your child, God. She is your child. She's close to you like never before. And there's a revelation of your cross, God. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God Almighty. Give you glory, God. Holy thank you. 
Bless your name. Yes, God. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Thank you, God Almighty. Oh, we give you glory today, God. We give you glory. Holy God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. Oh, we worship you today. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Just take your time in God's presence. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Enjoy this moment in his presence. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father. Once you've accepted Jesus, you are forgiven. You are whole. You are right with God. You are healed all by faith. He's made you right with himself. You are right with God by faith. You struggle with that revelation, and there'll be parts of your life that are just, they just remain broken. They remain broken if you don't realize that you are right with God. You are right with God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the power of the cross, God. You're welcome to return to your seats. I want everybody standing all over this house. 
Raise your hands if you would, please. Even, even if it makes you uncomfortable, just raise them to God. Surrender to him today. Right there at your seats. Go ahead. Go ahead. God's doing something special in your lives today. Just for a moment longer. What is he doing? Man, I don't know exactly. But I know God knows what he's doing. The one who created you knows how to put you back together. The one who created you knows how you should be and how you should be whole and healed and well and right with him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Just a moment longer. We glorify your name, God, in all the earth. We worship you, God. We thank you, Father, because there's none like you. We praise your name today because you're right. You're righteous. You're holy. And God, we want to be right with you, but God, if you said it, we know it's right. We want to line ourselves up with your word, God. I cast out the spirit of condemnation out of this house. If the enemy or your mind has been beating you up about something you've done, I cast it off of you and I cast it out of this house right now. In Jesus' name, you are a slave no longer. You are free now. You are a slave no longer. You're no longer a slave to your past. You're no longer a slave to your mistakes. You are whole and free and well and right with God. You're his special possession, his special creation. You are upright and so you are mighty on the earth. Because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father.